Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for January 17th, 2018. This is Peter Serrata. We have arrived in Park City at, for the Sundance Film Festival. I am currently recording this intro in an urgent care facility in Park City, Utah. I uh, was a dumbass. I slipped and fell on a hill uh, while trying to cross the street and uh, I thankfully or unthankfully caught my fall with my hand. My wrist is now ballooned to the size of an elephant or maybe slightly less than that. Um, and I have just gotten x-rays. It looks like it might be a fracture. So uh, not a good way to start off the, the Sundance Film Festival. Um, but thankfully, we have a banked show to bring you. Uh, a debate over the ending of Star Wars The Last Jedi between me and Brad Omen. Uh, we will be updating the podcast throughout the week from Sundance Film Festival, so keep, keep checking back for updates from Sundance, and please enjoy this banked episode. And to any of those of you who are concerned over my condition, I, I, I will provide updates on Twitter and uh, in future episodes. I want to thank everybody who has already reached out on social media and uh, sent their uh, well wishes uh it's uh, uh we'll, we'll see how it ends up being but uh but it, it 
definitely looks like a fracture at this point. And uh, yes, enjoy this episode on Star Wars Last Jedi. If you have not seen the movie, do not listen to, the, to this episode. Thank you. Hey, folks, this is SlashFilm.com Managing Editor Jacob Hall, and I am here to introduce a new feature here on Slash Film Daily. If you guys like it, it could become a regular thing, so let us know. Uh, this is called The Great Debate. Two Slash Film writers enter a room. There will be an exchange of words, and you guys decide who wins the conversation. And this uh, pilot version, this debut version, was inspired by Peter Sreda and Bradford Oman having a knockdown, dragdown fight in the slash film slack that was so good that i said let's put let's press pause on this and record this we have to uh but it requires a little bit of background knowledge so uh peter since you won the arguing parties i want you to explain the situation as neutrally as possible without letting without hedging your opinion too much let the listeners know what happened to get to this point okay um yesterday or last week on slash film daily we had a discussion at the end in the spoiler room by the way we're going to get into spoilers, so if you have not seen Star Wars The Last Jedi, you should probably turn this off right now and go watch that and then come back. Um, but uh, we kind of had this discussion. I kind of brought up the idea that uh, at the end of Star Wars The Force, or the, the Last Jedi, uh, Luke Skywalker uses these powers, these magical powers that we've never seen before, the ability to astral project himself from across the galaxy, in order to uh, not defeat the First Order, but to keep them at bay and allow the Resistance to leave and have him become the legend that they need uh, to spark the, uh, you know, the the, the uh, rebellion across the galaxy. Um, and uh, I was arguing that basically it's like a movie introducing a magical power at the end of the movie that has never been established previously that is the thing used to resolve the climactic situation. Um, and uh, we had a discussion. Brad was on this discussion uh, uh, on, on the episode. And um, some of our listeners, um, actually one a programmer at Bungie, uh, project lead at Bungie. Um, it's, it, it's amazing that we have some listeners that are like, like in these, huge roles at these companies and stuff anyways uh he uh started a conversation with me on twitter and he brought ryan johnson into it and uh which by the way no, no offense to uh, our, our listener mark uh who i appreciate but uh, i want to say i don't i don't like it when people bring filmmakers or actors into kind of like this negative situation i think it's kind of unfair for them um but Ryan Johnson, being the great guy that he is, uh, responded to our 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 conversation on Twitter. And by the way, I don't, I'm not sure Ryan Johnson has listened to the the episode that you guys have. Uh, he might just be listening to the the short discussion I had with Mark on Twitter. Uh, but Ryan Johnson responded, uh, "I should stay out of this." But dot dot dot. Were any aspects of force use in the original trilogy? ghost grabbing uh or force grabbing objects force ghosts even the jedi mind trick explicitly set up before they happened i'll take my answer off the air dot 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 so uh this <laughs> response uh kind of spawned this this debate i i, I think we're, we're we're set up for uh for this discussion right jacob 
yeah, uh, nutshell version. Uh, Peter thinks that Last Jedi uses uh, cheats to introduce new Force powers in ways that go against the spirit of Star Wars, against the spirit of storytelling. And uh, Brad thinks that they are perfectly fine and work within the context of Star Wars and the film itself. That's the. Am I correct in summing those two point of views up? You you are. But can it be clear about one thing? There's a lot of Star Wars fans out there. Uh, you know, they're getting nicknamed the Star Wars Bros or Fan Bros, who who have a problem with the canon stuff. And that's not my problem here. I don't have any problem with Luke Skywalker having the ability to astral project himself across the galaxy, as long as he dies, because you know that's just an insane superpower and if he didn't die that would be a problem uh but he does die so i have no problem with that whatsoever i think my problem is the okay well i want you to save this for your opening statement which we'll get to in a second uh so here's how it's gonna work guys i'm gonna give you each two minutes you don't have to use all of the two minutes (laughs) uh, but i will cut you off for you to make an opening statement with your overall position on the matter you will then get one minute to respond and i'll give you follow-up questions as a neutral devil's advocate, to challenge you guys and make you defend yourself further. And we're going to see where this goes. This is our first version of the Great Debate. We're going to kind of feel around and see what feels good. Uh, so I'm setting a timer right in front of me right now. Peter, um, since you already get started a little bit, I'm going to let you have two minutes to get going. So on count of three, three, two, one. Table's yours. Okay, so like I said, I don't have a problem with this being in canon. I don't have a problem with Luke using this Force powers. I I don't even have a problem like if he had used it earlier on in the movie. I think my problem lies in that th- those Force powers have never been seen or hinted at in this movie or franchise are uh, used to solve the climactic uh, to resolve the climactic uh, situation at the end of this film. It's kind of like you know. Uh, you know, at the end of any movie, if someone just pulled something out of their back pocket that no one knew about, um, usually, like in a movie, when when you read screenwriting books, you know, it's all about setup and payoff. And when someone does something like that, it it should be yes, a surprise. It should be a reveal, but it should also be like, oh my god, they set that up earlier. You know, it should reward the audience because you're like, oh, I kind of knew about that or kind of had a feeling. You know, they kind of set that up, and the fact that they didn't set it up. I think um, I know a lot of people are using the Deus Ex Machina uh, word, which is not a it's not the term for this, but it is it is kind of cheap storytelling. I, I think it's bad storytelling, and I think Ryan Johnson um, saying just because they haven't haven't set up any of the other Force powers before they used them, which is by the way inaccurate. Uh, you know, Luke at the end of uh, A New Hope uses the force to 30 seconds to fire the missile and uh and blow up the death star he does it without the guiding computer and that is set up earlier on in the film as obi-wan kenobi is training him on the millennium falcon with the lightsaber and uh the the drone ball thing i forget what it's called uh you know to trust his instincts so i think that is set up um five seconds that that is the end of my two minutes all right, two minutes exactly. Thanks, Peter. And uh, Brad, you can get your opening statement now. I would recommend you save your direct rebuttals to Peter's statement later and just get your opening feelings straight out there. We can get into the nitty-gritty of, of direct responses in a little bit. Does that sound good? Sure. All right, you have the table in three, two, one, go. Uh, I don't think that this is bad storytelling at all because the, the whole idea of <clears throat> not directly setting this up 
or giving any hint that this ability exists is to create the surprise and create a powerful moment in the storytelling. And even though you reference one singular force power that was previously set up in A New Hope, the fact remains uh, that there is no really definitive borders for what the force can and can't do. For lack of a better term, the force is, you know, akin to the idea of God or some kind of higher power in the world of the Star Wars universe. It's something that exists in all living things and everything around us. So to try and define the parameters of what the Force can and can't do is not only an impossible task, but it's never been indicated that those are the only things that the Force is capable of. And we've seen the Force expand beyond just moving things from the original trilogy because Luke communicated to Leia when he was in trouble. Darth Vader and Luke had communication with each other. And so it's like these force powers aren't defined to just moving things and having conversations with each other, you know, through the mind. So you would stand a reason that Luke Skywalker's force abilities, while they're probably not limitless, doesn't mean that he doesn't have much stronger abilities that we haven't seen showcased before. And the reason that we haven't seen them showcased before and they're not hinted at is because as we see in the movie, it is such a fatal power to exhibit that it kills you. So no one has done it before, and you wouldn't try to do it before because of the potential that it would kill you. So there's no there's no reason to set it up storytelling-wise. And the fact that it isn't hinted at beforehand, I think, makes it one of the best moments that we've seen seconds. in the entire Star Wars franchise, and that's what makes it such a great moment in the movie. And I don't think that not introducing it makes it a flaw or a, a piece of bad storytelling whatsoever. Two minutes exactly. Once again, good job, guys. All right, so what I'm going to do with my timer. (laughs) All right. So now if you guys had your opening statements, uh, it's time for rebuttals. You can get, starting with Peter, you have one minute to respond directly to what Brad said. Then Brad will get one minute to respond to Peter. Then I'll have some follow-up questions for both of you. So like I said, uh, one minute, so make sure every word counts. Peter, the table is yours again in three, two, one, go. Now, I think a lot of your argument was kind of like fallacies. I don't want definitive borders of the Force. I never said that. Uh, You know, I like that the Force is kind of this thing that could be anything. Uh, I have no problem with Luke having abilities uh, not shown before. He, you know, a lot of time has gone by. He is a master Jedi, and he should be capable of doing things that we've never seen before. I think my problem is introducing those at the end of the second act in in in, in that climactic uh moment is kind of like pulling out a trump card that you didn't know existed and the the fact that i don't know i i don't want to sound uh dismissive but i feel like you know i've read a lot of screenwriting books i've read a lot of books about storytelling and i think to do that is wrong in any kind of story ever all right uh we reset the clock uh, Brad, the floor is now yours. Respond to Peter, uh, his opening statements, and his rebuttal to you. And go. Uh, here's the thing. You you bring out these more powerful elements of whatever weapon you have at your disposal when you need them the most. That's the reason we see this happen now. And so I don't think it's magical or convenient that this happens. It's just what's required for this moment to work. I mean, if, if you want to talk about, you know, uh, moments that seem too convenient within the realm of, uh, of a universe— Think about the fact in uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, we have no idea what the concept of priori incantatum is, but that proves to be the exact same thing that saves Harry Potter's life in the graveyard from dying at the hands of Voldemort. But we're not well, up well, in it's arms. Not like I don't ha- it's not like I don't have a problem with oh. that. 
Sorry. Oh, Peter, uh, is, this is Brad's floor. Yep. Go ahead. All right. We're not, but but I'm but I don't see many people being up in arms about that because that's something that is is later defined and is set to be part of the overarching world of how magic is used and how it works it, within that universe. And so just because we haven't had it explicitly explained to us, five as far seconds. As, you know, the parameters of these powers or anything like that doesn't mean that, you know, it won't be later. Time is up. Okay. Since uh, Peter clearly uh, has something to respond to, I really want to hear his response. So we're going to have one more round of rebuttals. Uh, once again, one minute. Peter, I'll give you the countdown, and Brad, you have a chance to respond, and then we'll get into some additional questions. Because I'm very curious to see what Peter had to say there. So three, two, one. Floor is yours, Peter. Okay, so I, I think... You know what? We keep on bringing back up the, the the history of Star Wars and previous instances, and I think just to say like, oh, we didn't see the Emperor's Force lightning till the end of Return of the Jedi, as a good example of why this is you know acceptable is not acceptable because I'm not saying just because something has been done before in Star Wars or other movies doesn't mean it's good storytelling. And uh, good storytelling usually always has setups and payoffs. Uh, ask any storyteller. Uh, you know, if you go back to the days of uh, the hero's journey, uh, you know, there was Deus Ex Machina. And that was bad. And, you know, it's universally considered by storytellers and screenwriters to be bad to have something that, like, you know, you pull out at the last second and it changes everything. All right. Uh, Brad, you have one minute response. Starting three, two, one, go. When it comes to defending nearly any of the aspects of the Star Wars universe uh, within the realm of The Last Jedi that people have problems with, I take solace in the fact that most of the explanations that I've come up with myself justifying the things that people seem to be upset about fall directly in line with exactly the same viewpoint and thought process that Ryan Johnson had when he was writing and uh, directing this movie. The fact remains is that there are so many logistic points here that make this a definitive moment in Star Wars storytelling and not a moment of bad writing or convenient writing is that it enhances the idea of what the Force can be, how powerful Luke Skywalker is, and what this moment will mean to the rest of the Star Wars franchise. And I think that seconds. it is perfectly placed and to foreshadow it and give any credence that this power exists beforehand, with the exception of the limitless parameters of the Force that we've seen beforehand, would be a weakening would weaken that moment time is up all right so that was our initial back and forth i want to kick off this next section by reading an email uh from patrick in sweden he apologizes in his email for uh, his english so we're going to make do uh, with what it is it's otherwise a very well written uh email so i'm gonna read it as written hi peter great podcast love the quick updates and stuff i don't usually respond or discuss stuff on the internet but just for fun i wanted to add a comment on the last episode concerning the ending of the last jedi I thought the whole thing with Rey and Kylo was a perfect setup for the thing Luke did at the end. The way they could see each other across the universe was the same way Luke projected himself in those people's minds. He was just much stronger and in more control. So for me, that thing didn't feel like it came out of the blue once it was revealed. All right, so the basic question here is, isn't the forced conversations between Kylo Ren and Rey, aren't those actually setting up Luke projecting at the end of the movie? Uh, so I'm going to set... One minute on the clock again, and I'm going to let Brad go first. So, Brad, uh, you feel free to take this email and address it in any way you want, starting in three, two, one, go. 
Uh, yes, I, I think they definitely could be conceived as that. Um, while I consider them to be more so evolutions of the way we've seen uh, Luke use the Force to communicate to Leia or uh, Darth Vader to use the Force to communicate to Luke after their battle uh, or anything like that, I think that you could easily see this as set up for that because what it shows in there is that there's some physical transference and, and visual transference between the two because Kylo Ren specifically talks about, you know, uh, you know, I... Um, see uh, the the vague sight that there is between them that where he can't entirely see where she is but he can see her and she you know she can see him which is why she makes the reference to him putting on a cowl when he's standing there shirtless with those 15 seconds high pants and so i think it sets up the ability to be able to project images and things using the force across a long distance okay uh peter you have the table in three two one go now, I'm going to do a ba- bad thing here and uh, agree with this uh, or not agree with this assessment, but like uh, consider this assessment. I think it is a good argument because, you know, Kylo does feel the rain and also, uh, you know, they're touching each other and then Luke sees Kylo in the hut. Um, yes, this could be uh, maybe a setup for that later on thing. I, I this argument I can get behind. I can't get behind the fact that someone just pulls out magical powers in the end and uses them to resolve the climactic situation. But uh, but I think like this situation, um, if if Ryan Johnson was using these this for this forced uh, forced Tinder connection uh, between force Kylo, time, force time, force uh, time. I'm using a forced Tinder. Um, yeah, connection. Uh, Fifteen to, seconds to connect them. I think uh, it's too subtle of a uh, of the setup uh sure it's something that you could see like in your second viewing or third viewing and be like oh they did set it up um uh, but i don't i don't know i just think ryan johnson could have easily set this up uh better time is up okay okay uh so i'm gonna ask a question that's my question now and uh like i said i'm trying to remain as neutral as possible so um i'm just asking a question that i feel hope i want to hear both of you address which is Star Trek, sorry, Star Wars. Who am I? Star Wars uh, <laughs> borrows from so much mythology, so much the idea of the hero's journey and from our mythological heroes of the past, both in fiction and in reality. So my question, uh, I'll, I'm going to have Peter take this one first in a, in a moment, is isn't Luke Skywalker showcasing an amazing unseen power in line with the legends of old, like, for example, we didn't know Hercules could clean a stable in in a matter of time that no human being could. We, it was never previously established that he could he had stable cleaning powers. That's a bad example, but hopefully you catch my, my drift. Is, isn't this this in line with the kind of storytelling Star Wars has always been? So, Peter, this is yours to uh, yell about or agree with in five, four, three, two, one, go. No, I, I mean, I do agree with you. I think that if you read, like, Joseph Campbell's The Hero with a Thousand Faces or you read um, Christopher, whatever his name's, uh, reading of that in, into the screenwriting world, uh, they kind of talk about how old stories and mythological stories kind of had those moments. And uh, I think they kind of discuss that, that, you know, modern audiences are more sophisticated and they want set up to have that kind of payoff. A payoff without a setup is uh, is a cheat. Um, yeah, that, that, that's what I would say. Okay. Uh, Brad, same question, starting in five, four, three, two, one, floor is yours. No, I, I completely disagree with that because th- there are times when it's perfectly fine and even preferred to break what are considered to be the quote unquote rules of storytelling. 
Uh, you know, whether it's something as simple as telling a story, you know, outside of uh, chronological narrative order or something like that, you know, you introducing uh, an element that has heretofore essentially been unseen in its in this current form isn't bad storytelling. It isn't a cheat. It's it's good storytelling because it creates a oh wow moment or holy cow moment that didn't require setup. I think that to say that audiences are more sophisticated because they need setup in order to make a payoff worth it is ridiculous, and it's it's almost insulting that a, that an audience seconds. needs that kind of information to truly appreciate a payoff in any given story. Okay, I have one last question before we make some closing remarks, and this one is. And Brad will be taking this one first. Even if we're okay with this ability being established out of the blue in the end, like like Brad is arguing, wouldn't have been wouldn't have been more satisfying if it was established earlier. Wouldn't have been a better narrative choice if the, the seeds were planted in a more clear way, so that we had that aha moment. So, Brad, uh, you, you have the floor first. But what do you think about that? In five, four, three, two, one, floor is yours. I mean, I think my initial response is, would it have been more satisfying if there were hints that Darth Vader was Luke's father before we got to the Empire Strikes Back? Would it have been uh, satisfying if there were hints that, that, that Leia that Leia was Luke's sister before we found it out in the Star Wars? No, because these are surprises. They're story elements that are introduced at an opportune time where they take advantage of the fact that the audience is not in the know of a certain detail or a certain power and uses it to its advantage to be a surprise moment it's like that's that's why certain like that's why twists you know work if it, especially ones when that don't, don't require setup but don't have an insane amount of setup and i think that that's per why this moment in the last jedi works so well okay uh peter your response in five four three two one floor is yours Okay, I've never hated a one of your responses more than this one, Brad, because you're basically arguing that like the sixth sense should have, you know, ended with that twist without any setup for that, and that would have been a more effective ending without all the, you know, hints and stuff. But no, it wouldn't. The great thing about the sixth sense is having all those hints and having that realization. It's not just a surprise. It is a surprise, and then it's followed by, oh, I'm trying to piece it together in my mind. Oh, my God, I they had set this up. They're so smart. And, yes, Darth Vader being his father, I think, would have been better if they had left some clues. Luke, oh uh, uh, Leia, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying spelling it out. I'm not saying spelling it out. I'm saying subtle, very subtle that no one picks up on seconds. clues. I, I I think you can't. I don't know. I, I do think George Lucas was flying on the seat of his pants with the original trilogy some. And yes, it created one some of the best movies of, of, of all time. But I they aren't perfect. Time's up. OK. On that note, you should get one more minute to sum up your case. Make a plea to listeners. And we're going to go ahead and. Uh, let Peter go first, as we did with the opening statements. So 60 seconds, let everybody know why you're right. <laughs> Three, <laughs> two, one, make the plea, Peter. Um, this is going to be the worst plea ever because I'm not sure I'm right. Uh, I just know that I have an opinion. It doesn't ruin the movie for me. I like the movie a lot, uh, but it does seem kind of like a cheat. And I think in today's society, we are valuing surprise over good storytelling more and more. And, uh, you know, I don't have any great examples of this, but I do think that, like, surprise is good, yes, especially when there is uh, a setup in there, that aha moment. But I think surprise for just surprise sake is not good storytelling. Okay. 
Uh, Brad, your final statement. Uh, make the plea for your case. Three, two, one. The floor is yours. Uh, the fact that Peter conceded that the point about there being a subtle setup of Luke being able to use this ability by, uh, by way of the forced time conversation between Kylo and Ray is really all the evidence I need that this moment <laughs> worked. Sim- simply because he just gave credit to the Sixth Sense for having such incredible, subtle references to the fact that Bruce Willis is dead the entire time. So that nullifies Peter's argument that he wants uh, the hints to be more oh, obvious oh than what God. Ryan Johnson laid in The Last Jedi. And so I think that Ryan Johnson perfectly sets up <sighs> this moment with subtlety and delivers a moment that will be one of the best in uh, from any Star Wars movie. Can, can, can I please get a 30-second rebuttal of that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to allow each of you one 30-second final statement to your final statement. But this is it. Once you get your last 30 seconds, I'm cutting you guys off and ending this segment forever. So, Peter, you get 30 seconds starting now. Listen, I understand the argument that the the Ray Kylo uh, force tinder thing is to set up. That is a good argument. I don't understand the argument that uh, you don't need any setup or hints of it at all until that climactic resolution. And I think that... Um, I, I think that when you're seeing Sixth Sense for the first time, at the end of Sixth Sense, you have realizations of stuff that happened earlier. I think with Force Awaken, or I mean with Last Five Jedi, seconds. I think when, when, when you get to the end and you get that shock, you don't discover that stuff. If it that is a up. setup, you don't discover that stuff until multiple viewings. Okay, uh, Brad, and you get your 30 seconds. This is the last word of the matter. I'm making that call. So three, two, one, go. I think a film requiring multiple viewings in order to understand some of its finer points is exactly what makes good cinematic storytelling good cinematic storytelling. And the, and the sheer fact that every single time I've seen Star Wars The Last Jedi, audiences have cheered and clapped at that moment when Luke Skywalker is revealed to be force-projecting himself across the galaxy shows that Ryan Johnson did the right thing by making this a surprise moment and not setting it up in an obvious way. Okay, so that's the end of the debate. Uh, we I'm, not, argue I'm not arguing that he should set it up in an obvious way. I want to cl- clearly yeah, no. say that. Earlier, earlier uh, you literally said, I wish Ryan Johnson would have set it up in a more obvious I way. I am the debate Your master here. <laughs> you need to silence yourselves. <sighs> the debate will continue among Slash Films listeners now, <laughs> where they will chime in on Twitter. They will send emails. They will leave comments. Let us know both your thoughts, but more importantly, who won this fight? Who was right? Brad or Peter? Peter or Brad? We want to know. And also, let yeah, us send, know. If you send it to Peter at slashfilm.com. Peter at slashfilm.com. Or maybe, yeah. maybe we, maybe we can set up like a Twitter poll through the Slash Film Daily account or the Slash Film account that actually asks people. We could do that. We could do that as yeah, well. Yeah, uh, we'll figure that. Well, Peter will figure that out since he's the one in charge of actually getting the show put together. But uh, let us know. Did you enjoy this debate? Did you enjoy listening to this? Did you enjoy this format? Uh, let us know because we argue about stuff like this all the time in private. And if you guys like hearing it, we'll, we'll argue in public for you. And I, I do have some thoughts on, you know, this as a as a whole, because if you think about it, if um, if Snoke was able to astral project Ray to Kylo, first of all, that would mean that he knows where Ray is, which is kind of weird. Um, second of all, that would mean that um, he can do some do so without getting himself killed like um Luke Skywalker. So that does that mean he's more powerful than Luke Skywalker? And then third of all, uh Snoke gets killed and then uh they are still having these uh astral projection visions with each other. So wouldn't that kill Rey or Kylo? See, that's what makes me think that this isn't astral projection. 
Yeah, and I do want to say one last thing, and this isn't about the argument, but I think all of us would agree that it's okay to have criticisms about a movie you love. And just because I have problems with this thing doesn't mean I don't like the movie or don't like where Ryan Johnson took it. And I, I think there's a attitude out there, especially on film Twitter, that like that subtlety of that has gone away, that you can't uh, have issues with something you love, which I think is a shame. No, I and I, I totally I totally agree with that because I I don't think Last Jedi is a perfect movie by any means. I think it has uh, some problems with the pacing um, and and it's a little bit long. But yeah, I, I agree that it's we need to start uh, realizing and uh, understanding that there is a a middle ground where you can have uh, yeah movies that you really love still have some problems with it, and it's not this immediate oh this is garbage or oh this is a masterpiece mentality. And with that, as you can see, everyone slash com are actually friends, no matter how much we yell at each other. So uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, Peter, do you want to close this out? Yes. Uh, and Brad, where can we find more of your work online? Always on SlashFilm.com and Twitter at Ethan underscore Anderton. And if uh, you like long rambling and arguments about Star Wars The Last Jedi, feel free to check out the special Star Wars The Last Jedi discussion episode of my podcast, Go Flix Yourself. There's plenty of debate about uh the force abilities and some of the decisions made by ryan johnson as a director and writer for this movie you can find more of all their work on slashfilm.com you can find slashfilm daily on itunes google play overcast all the popular podcast apps uh you can send us emails at peter at slashfilm.com and uh please go rate and review us on itunes spread the word tell your friends we'll see you next time